Hey, hey, good morning. Wednesday, November 20th. It's about nine o'clock. This is uh, Buddy's owner. We're going to go on an Arizona schnoodle walk, schnoodle walk here in Arizona. And uh, it's uh, one of the rare rainy type days this morning. Normally I'd check the temperature, but it's wet. No, I'm always going to check it. It's 60 degrees with a 90% humidity because it's been raining. So, and specifically, it's like 9.07. So it's seven minutes after nine. And with the technology, I was able to check the radar and um, and why I checked the radar, I kind of alluded to it the other day, was that uh, the forecast will say 30% chance of rain and so forth, but uh, we have a really wide wide area and uh hey good morning. good morning don't don't spill the coffee man that's dangerous <laughs> so we got one of these rare rare rainy days so here's where technology comes in so bud needs to get to walk and bud doesn't really like the rain so about 15 minutes ago it was raining and it was coming down pretty good and he needs a walk. And I thought, well, it's raining right now, so let's check the radar. And I'm like, oh, good, good. We're on the edge of some uh, clouds. So if I just wait 15 minutes, we'll be able to walk when it's not raining. And that's technology. So like, this is the kind of stuff, without that technology, you know, you might get wet. I mean. Before these radar systems, when they radar things and moving maps, I can, uh, I would just have to just take a chance and go, well, bud, we're going to go right now. We're going to get wet because now is the time to go for a walk. So we're going to walk and we, we might get wet, but it might rain harder in the future. It might come down more. So we better just go now. But no, that's not what we did. We used the technology. I said, I can wait a little bit. Let's take a look. And it clears up. It's not really 100% clear right now. There's still rain clouds out there. Uh, and I think we should be, be able to get this walk in without getting rained on. There's a few drops in the air. But uh, yeah, it's Wednesday. And uh, I did some follow-ups on Tuesday on job search. And this is uh, kind of uncomfortable territory. But, you know, it's Thanksgiving next week. And with only 3% unemployment, I don't know, there's probably like 5% of us looking for jobs, maybe 10. And there's a turnover in jobs. And... Uh, one company with a recruiter in Florida that contacted me about the company in Phoenix. I looked at it and I'm like, well, you know, it's not like uh, like my dream job, right? But I'm a little bit old for a dream job. So I just need a job because <laughs> I got a pretty interesting side hustle I want to roll out. And you're part of it. You're, you're listening to this podcast. This is all part of a side hustle rollout. Um, and yeah, it's about faith, walking in the spirit. And I think the people are like leaving the churches a lot because I think there's a disconnect between like leadership and, uh, what it actually looks like to live life. Like if you're listening and you have four kids, I mean, and you, you go to you go to Sunday service. It's almost like a waste of time if they bring in a missionary from Indonesia and, and talk for a, an hour on the Great Commission. You know, it's like a wasted Sunday for you. Um, and and again, I'm not against the uh, you know missionary work and preaching the gospel. And in my own way, I do, and I'm doing it right here. On the podcast, maybe you're, you're probably a believer anyways. 
and believe. And, and it's we make this faith so complicated. And that's and it is maybe it's uh, reassurance for the leadership to make it seem they unintentionally make it so complicated. I think I think it's unintentional because the message is so freeing and so the message is we're all messed up. This world is messed up. Shoot, I mean. I'm I'm monitoring or I'm considering my media intake, but it's like you, you, you really if you I have to stop the media intake because there's just so much crazy stuff going on, whether it's disasters, murders, sex trafficking in Thailand. The the information age we're in is mind boggling and I, I know I'm susceptible to getting sucked into it. I, mean, I wake up in the middle of the night, I got this stupid phone there, I go to the bathroom and I justify in my head, like, oh, let me just look at some Twitter stuff, what's going on? And it's just not Twitter again, it's just like this non-stop inputs. And Facebook's a little like that too, people tend not to argue too much on Facebook, there's a little bit of that. But I guess Twitter's kind of taken the arguing, arguing flow. And uh, there's news and so forth. But we all live. Oh, now I'm standing in front of the house that uh, does uh, Home Away, Home Away program, like a VRBO, Airbnb. And my wife and I are talking about doing that for our house. And uh, yeah, I think, and I think we haven't done it before because our son was still living at home. So now that he's in his own in a college apartment, now it's our minds are free to consider things. So I could beat myself up and say like, well, we should have done this like a long time ago, but nah, that's not, that's not the case because we had uh, complications, right? If you have somebody else staying at your house. So if you have young kids, I mean, you're years away from considering like empty nests, you know, the empty nest thing. And uh, I'm to take my sweater off right now. Let's see how this goes. I'm not, it looks really funny right now. If you can see this, I'm, I've got my sweatshirt over my head and I'm trying to get it off because the sun's coming out. I'm starting to get a little warm. So I was prepared for the 60 degrees, but with the sun having broken through the crowds or the clouds opening as more appropriately. Um, I'm getting warm. So it's kind of a fun place to do that. The home away guy just down the street from us, he's been doing, he's got 18 reviews. So we figure he's must've rented out his house at least 18 times, maybe more, but he doesn't really live here. He's a Minnesota guy. So, um, He's doing his thing. I think it's great. So, and that's over like a four year. He started in 2014, so it's like a five-year period. So, he probably averages five weeks a year where he rents it out. So that's pretty good. And uh, this is, this Arizona is such an unusual place with the weather, the scenery, the history, the desert it's a pretty cool place to visit pretty exotic in some ways exotic but in an accessible way too i don't know it's just different different it's a pretty morning with the clouds and the rain and the sun you can hear you rarely hear cars driving on a wet road and you can hear the tires kicking up the Tires kicking up in water. And it, most of you live in wetter areas. We get seven inches of rain. You probably get 70 inches of rain. <laughs> we don't get that much rain. So, yeah. What am I talking about? Um, I'm still... Waiting to hear about a few jobs, going to do some networking, 
uh, and we'll see how things go. One one response was, "Hey, we're financially the end of the year is coming. We got to cut back on some costs and expenses, right? But we'll see how the new year goes, right? So, you know, it's this is where the finance finance weenies get involved, you know." It's like, well, we're tracking for a gross margin of 18%. You know, if we could cut some expenses here, it would drive our margins up. So everything becomes a frickin' number, right? No humanity. <laughs> and and then who really holds the, the decision? Even like I was, you know, people are CEOs, right? When I met this CEO lady, that was a real treat. And she said she had 17 board members and telling her what to do. And then another company, she was CEO, there was seven board members telling her what to do. So, yeah, yeah. So even CEOs have to answer to somebody. So that company's got a great story. It's uh, watching their expenses to the end of the year. And it's only six weeks away. And uh, we'll see how that plays out. And do I really know? Like sometimes I think about Joseph in jail, right? So um, in some ways, these things aren't new, right? The life experiences, technology and lifestyle, things have changed. But uh, the human experiences fairly consistent with the exception of just the technology changes over time so joseph was uh thrown in prison and he had the dream about um, storing up some grain because famine was coming and he became a hero god made him into a hero through his dreams and, uh, but he's dead too, right? Joseph's dead. He's probably chuckling. He's probably chuckling in heaven. Whatever the concept of heaven is. Because are we, again, more than just a physical thing? This is sad. Atheism, atheism or whatever. Not, you know, just believing that this life is all there is. It's kind of a sad existence, right? You know, uh, if this is all there is, pretty sad. But then again, even if it is, why not be kind and loving and be nice to people, right? Counterintuitive. The deep desires in the soul. What are we chasing? I guess I have the luxury of. of uh, being delusional. But uh, this is probably my faith growing opportunity. And the, the, I think probably the main reason I'm doing frequent podcasts is I just, this process, it's that you can't, I can't describe it, right? Like once, like if, if an hour from now, the guy calls me and says, Mike, we're going to offer you a job. Can you start December 1st? I'll be like, woohoo, yeah. And then my life changes in so many ways because I now my brain has to think about um, making that a successful venture. So I'm in the unknown time, unknown period. And we really are all in an unknown. Period, really, we just feel um, what is it um, secure, or we have a level of comfort when we're uh, have jobs and things, and we have a steady income, and we have this uh, sense of security. Like, well, yeah, that's great, and you do have security probably for at least a month. You always have security for probably the next four weeks, right? Because even if your company announces a layoff or something or you get fired or something, you'll probably get paid for four weeks or something, right? So 
you know, that's that's still a level of comfort, which I don't have. Back to the joke of living no paycheck to no paycheck. And I could bitch about and complain about how little unemployment payments are in Arizona, which they're pretty much a joke at 240 bucks a week. But I, uh, I jumped through the hoops to get my 240 bucks. You know? <laughs> Meanwhile, my brother's getting 750 a week in Massachusetts. There you go. Massachusetts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I had a nice conversation with a guy at the grocery store in that grocery store for like 10 minutes. So this is another example of like just having 10 minutes in person talking to somebody beats a phone conversation. And uh, so getting face to face with people, get outside. And uh, he told me a story about how he was a manager and a one of his employees got really mad at him because he wanted to retire. And a lot of times at the end of your career, um, even the guy I worked with when I was let go, he wanted to he wanted to volunteer for a layoff so that he could get six weeks paid or six months paid income for doing nothing, right, or not working right, as a transition. But it becomes like an entitlement reward system that. Uh, it's like, hey, I worked at this company for 20, 30 years. Oh, yeah, the company has layoffs every year or so. So I'm getting to be 65. And this is the mindset, right? The mindset of the employee is gets this entitlement mentality. It's like, oh, well, I've seen other guys do this the last 10 years. They get to be about 65 and the company has a layoff and then they volunteer and they get six months pay and then they leave. And they're just happy and, and so forth. But my my one friend, he they wouldn't let him quit, so he had to keep working for another six months. He still so he so in that case, it's like he doesn't really lose the money because he's still working, right? He just has to work for the money, which is like, is that really that bad? To say like, oh, I wanted six months pay. But I guess I'll work six months and then I'll still get, he still gets the money, right? And I uh, just has to work for it. So like, what's the benefit? I guess it feels good. It's like this entitlement thing, like, oh, I'm sticking it to the company, man. I'm sticking it to the company. They're going to pay me for six months and I'm just going to drink coffee, lounge around, read the newspaper. Ah, this is living. And so my friend last night said he wasn't able to do that for a guy because he needed the guy's skills so he wasn't able to let him go because he'd have to hire somebody to replace his skills and so the guy got really mad at him he's like oh man you ruined my life man i was supposed to get six months pay for no work and it's like he he for whatever reason he went ahead and retired and i'm like well i'm thinking well dude you could have kept working for another six months and you would have got all the money that you were complaining about and my friend, who was the boss, was like, well, you never told me any of this stuff ahead of time. You just did it all on your own. It was all in your head. So there's a lesson learned. Like, and especially for people like me, who I am in my head. I mean, I think so many things out in my head. And then I'm like, I think I mentioned yesterday, I think, well, if I figure this out, then everybody's figured it out. And I'm the last one to learn. But it's like, that's not the case. Sometimes I, I probably do learn stuff ahead of other people. And instead of me expecting people like, hey, man, I just spent a half hour figuring this out. So you guys all know this already, right? It's like, no, nobody even thought about it. So if you're a woman listening to this, I mean, I've had, I'm reading... And uh, I'm assuming that the listeners interested in biblical things or the Bible. So I'm reading Second First Timothy right now. I read the read the uh, chapter a day. And and then in Baptist circles, 
they love Titus and First and Second Timothy because Paul has all these instructions about how to organize the church, right? So it's just I'm, I'm observing that it's just very convenient that they can take these words from 65 AD, so almost 2,000 years ago, and just slap them down as if, oh yeah, this is God's word, it's in Aaron, and it applies all the time, right? So um, I'm like good with the first two, but it applies for all time is where I have a problem with it. Because I, I look at things and I'm like, well, is this really the case? And it's so obvious that it's convenient for men especially. So if you're a woman listening to this, I'm, I'm giving women a lot of props here. Props. Because um, it, it must be frustrating as hell being a woman. Because you have intelligence. You have a brain. You know, you have special powers, right, to give birth, right? Nobody, men are like, because men don't have the powers to give birth, they're like discounting it. Like, oh, yeah, whatever, women, yeah, whatever. Even Paul, I mean, and I now I can see like some women hate Paul because they're like, well, look what Paul wrote about stuff. And I'm like, well, let's not hate on the guy, but let's also not think that just because Paul said something in 65 AD that he had he had um, all the knowledge. So I drifted back into my British expression and uh, probably Paul's in heaven now saying, hey, man, I made that. Those, I wrote those words based on the best information available at the time. <laughs> now, some uh, weenies, technical weenies, would say, oh, but Michael, are you saying that the word of God is inerrant? Because it sure seems like you are, because you're going to say that it's okay for women to teach. And Michael's going to say it's okay for women to teach. And I'm like, hell yeah, it's okay for women to teach. I even found uh, an interpretation where Paul even said women should teach, older women should teach, should teach, older women should teach, right? You know, it's a little bit complicated, but it's there. And what is that to me? Right? The old, like this is Beth Moore woman who's famous and she gets beat up all the time. And I'm like... Just let Beth more teach. And I, I'm not saying every every freaking word that comes out of her mouth is golden. But let's listen to one another. Why can't we just listen to what she says? I, I, I mean, I'm sure someone can find something that she said that's like, wrong, that's wrong. <laughs> Hell, that's what I do all the time. I can find something wrong with everything. Even the great N.T. Wright. The great English N.T. Wright. So how can you... If someone's talking like this, why could you doubt any word that proceedeth from their English learned mind into right, right? Naturally, if you hear if you hear the sound of my voice in the English way, then of course anything anti right has to say must be right. But in my insomnia last night I just I'm trying to use my Kindle to read something to put myself to sleep. So I usually read like for five minutes and I'm sleepy again. I go back to sleep. If I do Google or something, I could be up for an hour Googling crap. But reading is a, does, uh, it's focusing me on something specific. And usually in a book, the guy, especially N.T. Wright, he prattles on, I think the word is. And repeats himself and does it. Sounds like a lot like me, right? If you listen to these podcasts. So that's good old N.T. Wright. And he said something about Paul that I'm like, really? I mean, even kind of his premise at the beginning is like, wow, we need to really need to understand what Paul might have been thinking back then. And I'm like, oh, really? I mean, we're so so we can't even read minds of people that are living right now. And you want to try to read the mind of some dude from 2,000 years ago, and you think you're, you think, N.T. Wright, you think you're going to be successful at reading the mind of a 2,000-year-old dead guy? Yeah, N.T. Wright. Yeah, really smart there, N.T. 
So, like, you know, like, like I say, um, I haven't read any Beth Moore stuff. But I'm sure she's no different than N.T. Wright. I mean, she's smart, probably. I mean, she probably teaches different things. And again, it's like practical stuff. This is where I even today, I read it's the living God. God is alive. And you're, whenever you're listening to this, it's in the future. So I don't know what, how I, a meteor could hit the earth here in the next 60 seconds, right? Asteroid or something. How do I know? How do we know? No one may ever listen to this podcast. I don't know. Right? But in this moment, there is a living God. Does that give me comfort? Sure. Sure, but how does it give me comfort? And that has to be in my own soul. It has to be in my own mind and spirit. And that's where I think so much effort in these religious leaders is trying to convince people to stop. It's like we have to exercise our minds and thoughts to convince ourselves. So, so many uh, leaders are trying to convince you of things, convince you that you need to go to the ends of the earth to reach the 6,000 unreached people groups. And until we reach those unreached people groups, it's like, oh, yes, it's such a sad thing. You should beat yourself up. And, I, and I've done the thought process. One thought experiment is like, okay, so there's 5,000 unreached people groups, right? So you're sending out 50,000 missionaries this year, probably 10,000 new ones. So why do you bother sending any of those to the non-5,000 unreached ones, right? So just, we'd be done. We're done in one year. Boom, it's over. Now what? You think God's like, okay, thanks, guys. The, the implied message is like God's up there waiting for, uh, because, you know, the Bible says that there'll be people from every tribe and nation. And naturally, we humans are just slackers, that God's just waiting for the last missionary to go to the last unreached people group. And then it's like, okay, thanks, guys. You finally got it figured out. You did it. You did it. Congratulations. Now, I don't think that's the real message of the Bible, but that's the one that kind of gets presented in a very eloquent and somber way. It gets presented that way. And what's the alternative? Well, the alternative is to like is to ask the question, is that really what we're all about? And I don't think so. I think we're about loving our local people, loving the people you're with micro generosity just be human praise when when we say praise the lord it's not a song it's a mindset of this person is amazing they have life they have history they have amazingly terrible things may have happened to them or amazingly great things they may have an awesome family they may have been encouraged their parents may have been just like so emotionally aware and they just their parents may have encouraged them in everything they did and they helped them discover their gifts and their abilities and they're like functioning at a high level. Yeah, some people are like that. <laughs> I, I chuckle because it's like, I don't know a lot of those people, but maybe they're so busy. And, you know, because maybe people like me are toxic. I'm just a toxic person, even though deep inside. I have, a, I have a really hard shell. Like that's the other imagery is someone with a really hard shell. Or can't get, can't get to their soft spot inside. They're battling with, you know, anger issues, you know. And maybe I do. Maybe I'm battling with anger. Anger over what? Probably my childhood, who knows? But I'm, as, I, as I grow farther away from that, I'm like, okay, what do I have control over? Well, I don't have control over that. And so maybe I having control is something I run from. Trying to control stuff. So, yeah, this is uh, 
this is it self therapy that you get to listen in on? <laughs> I mean, there could be a, there could be a therapist involved in this uh, diatribe asking me questions, but they they ask the questions. It just gets me started talking. So I don't need a therapist to ask me questions. I just do a podcast. So yeah, maybe uh, maybe this is what happens in those magical hours in a therapist's office. And I love those people, right? They're great. And I think a lot of them have figured it out. They do want to coach people, coach them. And therapists probably do that. They probably like have to have that. They're probably really good at having that disconnect between their own life and listening to other people's internal battles in their mind. And there's no magic bullet, I get to say. I'm like, I'm walking my, I'm walking butt here. Sun shining, it's not raining, so that's a good thing. And I'm enjoying talking to you, myself, of course. And uh, we're having a party. Yeah. <laughs> it's, is this not the best party? Right. Yeah. So I did have a mastermind call yesterday. And uh, and I did Google, like, what's the proper etiquette for masterminds? You know, so we're all there helping people. So I hope I contributed to the other two people's experience in their two businesses. They're, they're further along in their entrepreneurial business, which is great. So they're taking action. And... Uh, Micro commitments. I don't have, I mentally I have a lot of things, so I notice that I do think way too, not quite way too much, but I just, I'm in there. If I had the choice of like cutting the lawn, for example, or like researching something, I would go research stuff. So I'm trying to, I need to up my, my practicality game. And, uh, but and also find balance. So that's where I'm. I've been telling myself uh, that I'm I'm so close to getting a job. I feel like I'm so close. And then once I get a job offer, it'll be like okay, December first, and then it'll be like okay, good. I got two weeks. I can relax before I have to start working. And then I can like really knock out some things I've been putting putting aside. But I I am gonna. I had good intentions to do some pomodoros. Shout out to the coach. Do some pomodoros and write. I'm getting closer. I didn't do it this morning because I spent uh, talking about women. So, you know, if any women are, again, if any women are listening to this, hey, um, I'm looking into what Paul's saying. So I notice he says, I urge. I urge you that women shouldn't teach type of thing. Or he supposes, I don't let women teach. But I don't, I'm like looking at that, I'm like, well, he's not really telling Timothy, commanding him that women can't teach. He's just saying that he doesn't do it. And that's a bit of a slippery slope, right? Because the traditional interpretation is that these are Paul's commands to Timothy. And I'm like, are they really commands? Or are they kind of like, Paul's opinion. So he uses the translation I have. He uses the word urge you. And he says, I don't do this. So if Paul says, I don't allow a woman to teach. I, I don't think we should interpret that as like a command for all time that women should teach. And then the rest of that is like, and have authority over a man, you know. Well, my sleazy out on that is I don't, in 2019, I don't think these religious leaders, I don't think it's healthy to bow down to a religious leader and allow them to have authority over even other men. So I don't think a man should have authority, a man in the church should have any authority over another man. So, 
I mean, they, when I'm in my, my latest round of religious experiences is I'm being shunned or let out and then nobody wants to listen to me. And they just think I'm factious and unruly, which is fine. It's their opinion. And they hide behind that and that's fine. I can't change their minds. But I don't feel any need to be under some man's authority who is going to claim some dudes or false teachers and uh, and then do some false teaching themselves and they won't listen to me. And it's not a Matthew 18. It's like, go to your brother when he sins against you. No, they're just stupid people. You know? And they don't want to hear it from me because how can I have any knowledge? Certainly my level of knowledge isn't as good as their level of knowledge. Uh, but the reality is unraveling. They don't want to face that they're culturally constrained to a system that their own demise. And we need to get to the message of freedom. So women, you're awesome. Teach what you want to teach. Go out, make speeches, write Bible books, do whatever you want to do, women. You're awesome, okay? And just be aware that just because someone criticizes your writing or whatever, it's okay. We all have a black slice, right? So, I mean, Beth Moore, I'm, I'm not interested in going to get a Beth Moore book and reading it. It's not because she's a woman. It's just that I don't know how much time do we have in this world? Can we just let Beth Moore write her books? Let Beth Moore go do her seminars? They let Kay Arthur do it. Kay Arthur talked about precept to precept. She was a little barky to me. Like I call it barky. That's bark of a tree. And that's where I think we can easily get caught up in going into the bark of trees. What's the message, people? What is the frickin' message? Love, forgiveness, peace, joy. Focus on the good things and not the nitty details of stuff that's a bit confusing because it was written in the 60 ADs 2,000 years ago in a completely different uh, culture and situation. And it doesn't make our culture and situation bad. And quite often people are like, oh, I just wish we could get back to the you know, original church. Well, it's not going to be like that because our cultural context is different. But the intent, if we, we make the intent simplicity of what is the message, then there's probably some value in that. So in a way, I agree with like what are the original intents, but it may not mean that we're all going to magically sell all our property like they did in Acts chapter 2. I don't agree with that. In fact, I think that's more of a descriptive nature, not a instructional thing. It's like that's what happened. There's no command or commentary that that is what we should do. So, bud, what do you want to do, bud? Where do you want to go? Can I go this way? So the weather has cleared like the radar said, so that's good. The sun is out. There's still a lot of clouds in the sky. But we're in a pretty good spot right now, so I can finish this walk with Bud without getting wet. So the theological, whatever you want to call it, I kind of laughed on Twitter when I said that uh, John 10, Jesus came that they may have life and have life abundantly. He didn't say, I came that they would have theology and a systematic theology at once. So, so much of our teaching information, it's all on facts. So let's go back to 1 Corinthians 13, Paul's himself. Hey, if I have all this knowledge and wisdom but don't have love, then I'm nothing. So let's all be something today. You know, and it's micro generosity, micro love. You can do it and you can see the response in your kids or anybody you talk to. You can go to the grocery store and just be nice to somebody. What, what is nice? Be kind. 
be kind to somebody and watch what happens. You'll get a micro response of positivity. <laughs> I think I'm saying the same thing as my friend in Dubbo, Australia does. She travels the world telling everyone to talk to strangers. Do talk to strangers. And we love Carrie Phipps. Carrie Phipps is, I can't, I just, I don't know. Could, I, could anyone follow her for 168 hours a week and see that she, if she ever has downtime? Man, she's like an energetic fireball of positivity. It's like, is this real? <laughs> and again, it's these, these amazing internet connections that are so funny. Well, how are they funny? They're, what I mean is, if Carrie Phipps, if she lived next door to me, we would both drive each other crazy. You know? I think. Maybe not. But uh, it's like having six, 8,000 miles away, it's, uh, it's a good distance. <laughs> and... <laughs> And maybe with, I have like the mental energy like she does too, maybe. Maybe I have something similar. And uh, I like her kind of thing because I kind of follow the talk to strangers. It's like the micro generosity thing, taking interest in others. So when we talk to strangers, it's more, it's not preaching at them. It's listening to them. Listening to what's happening in their lives. And abundant thinking is like being happy for others, right? So you might talk to a stranger and the stranger's like, live in high life, man. They're just living life. They're going skiing or something in Colorado. They're on a trip from Austin, Texas to ski in Colorado. And they're a stranger and they're loving it. Yeah. What is that? What is that person? The fixed mindset is like, wow, they're lucky to be able to do that. Well, maybe they made some decisions earlier in their life that uh, put them in that position to do that. So I'm talking to myself too, noticing that I've kind of gotten better. Because talking to strangers is not that hard for me to do. But how I respond and interact gets better because, especially if I think of abundance. And being happy for others. And then if someone's having a bad day, then maybe some encouragement can go towards them. So you just don't know. It's like, like Forrest Gump says, it's like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get until you talk to strangers. And philosophically, are even our own children strangers to some extent? Because their brains are running pretty high speed, too. And they're thinking of uh, all kinds of stuff, too. So in a weird way, even your own kids are strangers. And definitely, I don't say this one, but your spouse is probably even a massive stranger of confusion. (laughs) Frustration is trying to assume that they think like you do. My poor spouse. I have to get over expecting expecting, expectations that Anyone of seven billion people thinks like I do. Nobody does, and that doesn't mean the way I the way I think has some pluses and has a lot of negatives too. And uh, it's a distribution curve. So how can I pick the best of my thoughts and run with those and destroy the ones that don't help me? That's the challenge. And it's similar, it's probably similar for you. We don't have the same 
thought processes or hang-ups or limiting beliefs. We have different limiting beliefs. And so, yeah, you might be more spiritually advanced in your life. That's great. So you're listening to a clown who's like still trying to work it out. And that's okay for me. It's okay for you. Um, yeah. I'm actually a bit warm now. I'm walking by. The sun's been out. And we're almost home. And next thing is trains. Model trains. So I'm going to check and see if we can go visit the model trains at the Arizona Capitol building where they're on a three-year, three or four-year project to install a train system for visitors for the next 40 years who will come in there for 10 minutes with their kids probably and and say, ooh, ah, look at that. Look at how that train moves around. That is a cool model train setup. And these 20 gentlemen mostly retired, are pouring their mental capacity into making a fantastic model. And they got a couple years to go. That's their project plan, to build this, this model train setup in the Arizona Capitol building. And just like my son's, uh, my son's son, my grandson, was in the hospital and they have a train set up. Probably not as elaborate, but it's good for the kids in the hospital. And they spend a couple days there. The trains never leave, but new people come through the hospital and see the trains. And somebody poured their energy and soul into that. And uh, whether they got paid well for it or they volunteered, the result is a great benefit to people. Um, experiencing a painful event that they hope lasts only a week, but it could go on for years. So, yeah. So there's some more than micro generosity that's a little bit more than micro generosity that's like long-term commitment to making a train uh, train model for for kids and their families so you may see that someday so listener what's you, know, you may see you may take your kids somewhere and enjoy something and a lot of it's motivated because like Chuck E. Cheese or something, you know, a jumpy place, take your kids to a jumpy place. It has a profit motive behind it. But even with a profit motive, I mean, there's still goodness there. They're still exchanging some dollars for a few hours of fun. And should we be like children? I mean, you could take the scriptures and say, and Jesus wanted us to be like, we, should be, we have to be like children, childlike faith thing. So if you have young children, you know, it's a blessing. Wherever the stage of life they are, preparing them to launch, so to speak. And it all works out. Big things happen. Asteroids hit the earth. And we'll figure it out. We need to worry about it. So much energy. <laughs> I'm guilty of it too. So much of my energy is on things that may not ever happen. Right? Wow. That is a deep thought to take with you. In fact, since I have a hard time remembering what to title these podcasts, I usually go with one of the last thoughts I have. And maybe that's a good thing because... If I title this podcast, what would it be a good one? Uh, the energy we put into things that never happen. Something like that. 
And it might get your attention to look at the podcast. And you may not hear about it. You have to wait the whole 45 minutes before you get the quote-unquote punchline, which was unplanned because I'm just walking around. But uh, is there a more generic title, something about technology? Because this, this podcast started out and I was doing the walk because I used the weather radar to see how we won't get rained on, bud. Right, bud? Shout out to the star of the program, buddy. He had his nice walk. His feet are a bit wet because we got some wet ground and I should wash his paws off before he starts running around the house and getting it all dirty. But, uh, but yeah. Um, I think I had two people listen to the last podcast. I hope you're blessed by it. I hope you're encouraged. And, uh, have a great time thinking about the living God. I don't own. There is a living God. I definitely believe it. And I do not control that living God. And our job is not to try to control the living God, but to enjoy his favor to use a Prosperity gospel term, which I hate. Prosperity gospel. <laughs> I probably mentioned it before, but any, next time you hear anybody says, if you hear any criticism, when they say prosperity gospel, just stop them dead in their tracks and ask them, like, so what part of forgiveness, peace, joy, uh, eternal life what what part of that is not prosperity (laughs) and we use these words to like control and slam one another and maybe that's my biggest thing is i'm a word freak out and and also a dude that hates to get manipulated but i probably manipulate myself but that's a whole nother psychological story Oh, but so I enjoyed that podcast. I don't know if you did. I hope you did. And then now what is just go enjoy some micro generosity because you can do that. You can just smile at somebody, and uh, that will that will lift them up. So there's your assignment. Go do that. You'll have fun. So grace, peace, and mercy to us all. Amen.